This morning, I want to declare to you as a pastor of this house, I believe with everything in me, this is the best church in Slidell. Yes. Some of y'all didn't name in me yet. That's all right. You're newcomers. It's okay. You don't know yet. This is the best church. Pastor, how can you say this is the best church in Slidell? Well, because I'm the pastor here. Hello. I'm, uh, this is the best church in Slidell. Not to belittle any other church in Slidell, but I love this house, and I love this family, and I love what we can do together in this city and in this community. But this morning, I've come to bring a message to you that will not just let you hear another message, but hopefully by the time I'm done, will cause us to be stronger together. I want you to know that even though this is great, we can do even better. We can be even better. We can be stronger. We can be bigger. We can go farther. We can accomplish more together. Now, somebody said to me one time, said, Pastor, you're not one of those guys that wants a mega church. Okay, let me help y'all real quick with this statement. Because I came out of a mega church doesn't mean I want a mega church. Because I grew up in ministry in mega church doesn't mean I want a mega church. But let me help you with something. If you have a problem with the church being big, then you have a problem with the gospel being given. Oh, help us, Jesus. Because people go, I, I don't want to be in a big church. I don't want to get lost. Let me promise you, as the pastor of this house, you will never get lost no matter the size of this house. Because I believe in family first. Not family later, family first. That's how you build a house, is with family. You don't build it with a preacher at a pulpit. You build it with a family. So I need you to understand, don't get scared when I say bigger and better and greater and larger. Listen, I, listen I'm thankful for this building. But my God, if this, no. This is not what God showed me. Because I've seen bigger. God showed me bigger. It's been prophesied over Tiff and I that it would be bigger. But the bigger doesn't come from my preaching or the three songs we sing on Sunday. The bigger comes when you finally decide and we together as one family decide that we are bigger than this. Together. That word says it all. It's not one, it's us. And in order for there to be in us, we all have to be on the same page. One people, one family, one house. I'll say it again. One people, one family, one house. Not your family and my family. Not your house and my house. Not me and them, but us. Because I, I see a church I see a church in this city that's not afraid, it's not ashamed, it, it won't hold back. It's willing to go anywhere and everywhere so that people might be saved. It's not a church that just does Sunday morning service because that's what we do. It's not a church that's bent on finances, but a church that's bent on the promises of God. It's not a church that is in struggle. It's a church that others look at and go, how do we do what they're doing? It's not because we're big, it's because lives are being radically shifted and changed. I see a church that robs hell and populates heaven. I see a church that stops just having services but actually does something in the community, not to benefit the numbers but to benefit the kingdom. I see a church where each one of you fulfill the purpose and destiny that God has for you, not because it's what I said but it's because what God deposited in you. I see a church that no longer makes excuses for where they are but with reckless abandon pursues where God is calling them. 
I see a church that gets bolder. For the Bible says the righteous are bold as lions. That means you're going to have to roar at some point. I see a church that stops meowing in the corners and starts declaring with a roar that God is still alive and well. And if you come here, if you come into this house, not the preaching, not the singing, if you come into this house, the glory of God rests in this place. And those who come under that glory shall be changed forever. And you're looking at me like, what are you talking about? That's your Bible. What was the church created for? A place where we could just socially gather? No. It was a place where the tangible presence of God rested. The temple, the tabernacle. This is what this house is to be. A place where blinded eyes come in and start to see. A place where the lame starts to walk. A place where sickness dries up. Cancer cannot live in this house. But in order for that to happen, we have to become in us. This morning, I want to begin to help us become one family, one fold, so that we can reach our city for the glory of God, build his house, and see lives change forever. Listen, every church is filled with different types of people, different backgrounds, different ups and downs, different pasts, and even presence. But God has called us to be sheep in his pasture. Watch this. Look at Psalm 100, verse 3. It simply says this. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. Say what? It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Somebody look at your neighbor and go, bah. Some of y'all didn't do it because y'all thought you were going to look weird doing it. I'm going to ask you to do it again. Look at your neighbor. Look him right in the face and go, bah. Now, if you heard anything other than a bah, move. Because you don't have sheep sitting next to you. If they looked over you and looked frustrated and growled, that's not a sheep, that's a wolf, Jack. <laughs> Run! Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. And we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Can I just say this to you? There is a problem and epidemic in the church today because people are walking in the church and they do not hear bah. They hear growls. They hear the smacking of goats eating. They hear the hissing of snakes in the church. No wonder we're not winning people anymore because the world doesn't see anything different in the church. They should be able to walk in this place, see the shepherd, and hear, bah. I'm getting pretty good at that, amen. <laughs> they should be able to walk in this place and not be under stress and not be under the condemnation of the world. They should be able to walk in this place. And even though they're not perfect, even though they might have markings from the pains of their past, they can still walk in and be placed into the fold and find rest. But unfortunately in the church today, and those of you that are new today, you'll probably agree with me, the church is full of finger pointers backstabbers, gossip mongers, snakes, goats, and wolves. Unfortunately, that's what we've turned into. But here's the crazy part. We can change it. We can change all of this. And this morning, I want to deal with those animals that have infiltrated God's house and disrupted the sheep and anyone who wants to become one and join the fold. This morning, I want to start a series that I've simply entitled Snakes, Goats, Wolves, and Sheep. 
But before I get into this and before you feel like the condemnation is coming your way or the conviction is about to arrive on your front doorstep, I need to give you a warning. I am not standing from this pulpit telling you that you are one or the other. But let me declare this to you if the shoe fits. Acknowledge it and then kick it off. See that old statement, if the shoe fits, wear it. There's a problem in that statement. Because what we want you to do is keep walking in it. No. If the shoe fits, acknowledge that it's been on your foot. Take the sucker off and put on the new shoes so that you can be a sheep in the fold of God's pasture. Amen. Do y'all understand where I'm going? Because this is not a series to, to condemn you. This is a series to call out what's existing so that we can walk in fullness. Because I believe that this, what's happening right now in this room right now, is just a precursor. And dadgummit, if i got to have a picnic every Sunday in order to see this happen, I'll do it. <laughs> but I'm hoping that you're here this morning because you're ready to become a part of that fold to be a sheep in the house. Do me a favor, turn in your Bibles this morning to the book of Psalm. We're going to go through a couple of these this morning. I'm not going to go through the whole sermon, so we'll pick up in part two next week. But I want to hit a couple of these, and I'm going to try to get as far as I can within the time that I have so that we can continue to do what we're going to do today. Amen? The book of Psalm, chapter one, if you got it, say, I got it. If you didn't bring your Bible, say, help me, Jesus. Oh, Lord. I heard some seasoned folks say, help me, Jesus. Did y'all hear that? Amen. Lord, help us. All right, I'm not looking. Amen. I'm going to keep looking right here. The Bible says in the book of Psalm chapter 1, reading from the New King James Version this morning, it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates when? Mm, help us, Jesus. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season whose leaf also, also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Pastor, why do you have to start it with all that negative? Because, listen, I said it last week, I'll say it again this way. Life is about choices. How can you come to the house of God and not make a decision to serve God? Oh, okay, 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 okay. It's kind of like this. How can you go into your home, right, or go in, how could you come into my house and eat from my refrigerator? You got to decide whether you're a part of the house. See, those who don't have, have, haven't acknowledged that they're a part of the house cannot eat from the refrigerator. But you just have to acknowledge I didn't say you had to be perfect. I didn't say you have to be clean. I didn't say you have to be super crazy, amazingly religious and holy. I said you just got to accept one or the other. Righteousness or unrighteousness. Holiness or unholiness. God, here it comes, or the devil. We got we to, I know, in churches today, we don't want to talk about the devil anymore. Oh, don't talk about the devil. Ah, there's a problem because if we don't talk about the enemy, that's how we become snakes, goats, and wolves. Let me give you this real quick. After reading this scripture, let me give you a couple of characteristics real fast. Sheep are planted in the house. They like the confines of the pasture. They know what's in the pasture. They have a desire to be in the pasture. They're planted. Snakes, here it comes, come in and hang out in the corners of the house. They don't want to be bothered and will strike anyone who tries to reach out to them. Goats 
are wanderers who complain to sheep about never feeling apart. Wolves will mark their territory in the house and will attack anything that tries to take it. This is what exists in the house. But let me break it down for you. The Bible says, it says, Blessed the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scornful. In other words, blessed is the man who stops acting stupid and starts acting righteous. Can I paraphrase? His delight is in God, period. Period. Because the law of the Lord is God. For in the beginning was the word, and in the word was God. Amen. You've read your scripture. Okay, we know what that says. Okay, so he, he finds pleasure in God. And in God, he spends time with, he meditates both day and night. And it says there, then after those things, he shall be like a tree planted. In other words, a tree has root system. There is a problem when you keep digging up your roots because a storm comes because you think you can dodge it. You can't dodge the storm that God's bringing in order to cause growth for you. Sometimes we see storms as a bad thing, but sometimes storms come to create a greater depth in you. And the moment somebody says something in the church that's uncomfortable, let me help you with something. If you come to this house, you're going to feel uncomfortable fairly often. Why would I, I want to go to church? I feel uncomfortable. Because if you feel uncomfortable, I'm doing my job. Because what I'm doing is I'm speaking to the things that God wants to change in you, not just letting you go around and play Christian, but actually become a believer. So I need you to understand, Jesus even said offenses will come. But you got to choose whether you get offended or not. You know what another word for a word offense is? Change. How many of y'all like change? I love it. Ask my wife. I like to change everything. Ask my staff. I like to change every. I like to freak people out, flip things upside down, change rooms around, move chairs just to watch people's faces on a Sunday morning. What happened to my chair? It's not yours. But that's my chair. You should have got here early if it's yours. Okay, but the truth is, is that people now move from church to 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 church. And I'm not saying that if you ended up here from another church that you're wrong. But make sure that you're not being pushed by the wind. Hmm. Winds come. Winds will blow. Stay planted and let your roots get down into the soil. Let God do his greatest work in you because no one wants to follow anybody who will be moved by just somebody blowing in the air. Sheep are planted. Snakes come in and hang out in corners. Oh, Lord, help us. They're the ones that sit in the house. They don't want to be bothered. They don't want anybody to reach out to them. And if you get too close, they're going to strike at you. In other words, they like the warm, dark corners of the house, but they'll never become a part of the family. Unfortunately, this exists in the church today because I feel like more people in the church are just looking for shelter than they're looking for a savior. They're just looking for another room to hide out in rather than a room that can change them forever. That, that, that's a snake. Or, or you might have a goat. I love goats. Goats are great. Go, goats just don't care. Like They just don't care. They're wonders who complain to sheep about never feeling apart. They'll never come tell the pastor. They'll tell all the sheep in the house. Oh, yeah, you see, you see, some people know where I'm going, especially pastoral staff, because we hear this all the time. Those are the people that want to be sheep, but they have goat tendencies. You know, a goat and a sheep, they kind of look alike, but goats need special help. <laughs> like stubborn. 
like just ram each other just for the fun. Okay, this is fun. Okay, but 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 goats are wonders. They 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 just drift through the house, and and when they don't get picked to be the special person. I don't know why he didn't pick me. I don't know why he didn't like me. I don't, I'm leaving this church. I, I, I've had goats. Amen. I've had goats. Let me give you one real quick. I'll give you one real quick. I had a person leave the church one time because I didn't smile at him. <sighs> Jesus, help me. Came in the church, was in church for two Sundays, left the following week after we did an outreach because I did not smile. And I don't care if they see this on Facebook, and I don't care if they're watching it by video. Pastor, that's offensive. Amen. Because here's the truth of it. They were not seeking God. They were seeking a pastor. I'm not God. Please stop seeking me. If I have to smile to you, smile at you for you to love God, you have missed the boat. And here's the problem. Those people end up leaving churches and not going to other churches because no one's tickling their fancies as opposed to coming in and being changed by the power and the presence of God. Goats are wonders. They walk around and they complain about everything. You know what's, you know what's funny? People who complain but do nothing. Complain about a ministry, but don't serve it anyone. Complain about this, but don't do nothing to help. Complain about how bad and dirty the bathrooms are, but my God will offer you an opportunity to clean the toilet. Now, I ain't touching them toilets. I don't know why you got the kids' church. It's horrible. Will you serve? No, I'm not serving. I got kids. I'm not serving kids' church. It's make wonders who complain about never feeling apart when they have opportunities to become apart. I'm trying not to get stuck on this one. Let's get to wolves. Wolves mark their territory and attack anything who tries to take it. Can I tell you that sign, the difference between a sheep and a wolf? A sheep will give up its territory knowing that others can be fed. A wolf will protect its territory because he doesn't care whether you live or die. People say, Pastor, would you give up your pulpit? Let me help you with something. I'm going to say this very honestly, very openly. I love being the pastor of this house. But if at any point of my walk as the pastor of this house, I ever feel like someone could take this church further than I can, I will gladly step out of the way. You want to know why? Because it's not about Brian. It's about this house fulfilling its purpose in the earth. And as long as God keeps telling me to do this, I'm here. But I will never hold on to a position at the detriment of you going hungry. I will not mark it. This is not my territory. This is not my pulpit, my podium, my church. You just get to visit here. That's why I tell my children, amen. <laughs> my toys, my house. No, I'm just kidding. That's how you deal with them when they're arguing with each other. Those aren't your toys. Those are my toys. So come talk to me, amen. Okay, great. Um, the truth be told is that this is what happens. We have people that are planted. We have people that come in and just hang out in the corners. We have people that are wonders, and we have people that mark territories. But God says, I need you to be like sheep. I need you to plant yourself. Let me help you with something. Those who plant themselves develop tree limbs and leaves. Can someone come next to you and find safety? Or do they wonder if they're going to die even though they're next to you? If you get planted, leaves grow. If you get planted, limbs grow. You become stronger. And those who walk in this house that are wondering, that are biters, that are attackers because of their own territory, might just find comfort next to you for a season until they can catch on that if I stay planted, my tree will grow too. He said, for you shall become trees planted by the rivers of living water. Stop Okay, here's a good one for you. Stop unplanting or uprooting yourself to put yourself next to a puddle. 
This is my question to people. Pastor, we're going to lead, we're, we're going to lead the church. Okay. I can't keep you here. I've learned that over the years. I not, it's not my desire or my job to keep you in this house. But let me ask you a few questions. Uh, since you've been in this house, has God spoken to you? Yes, Pastor. Have you felt the tangible presence of God in this house? Yes, Pastor. Has your life been changed in this house? Yes, Pastor. Then why in God's green earth are you walking out? Well, you know, I just feel like, it, you know, I just feel like our season is over. Why do you determine seasons? For God determines seasons. We do not. He said, stay planted. I'll move you when I'm ready. I've had to literally learn how to walk this because there are many moments in my life that I have wanted to uproot myself out of frustration or aggravation or moments of, of just whatever. And, and God says, no, stay planted. And we have a rule in our house. If we do not have a full definite answer, we stand still. If you don't have an answer, shut up and stand still. Stop complaining. Say, Come and help me something. Complaining will uproot your root system. It'll pull you right out of the ground. And you'll wonder why you're dying. Because complaining will cause God to separate. You won't feel that presence of God anymore. Your, your leaves will start to wither. Your limbs will start to fade. All of a sudden now you're a barren tree. Because you have no roots. Stay a sheep. And make sure you're planted in the house. You ready for the next one? Get anything out of this yet? Anybody feel uncomfortable yet? My bad. Acts chapter 20. Let's go there. Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20, verse 29. Here it comes. You ready? I know that false teachers like vicious wolves will come in among you after I leave, not sparing the flock. Even some men from your own group will rise up and distort the truth in order to draw a following. Can I just stop there for just a moment? Does that not sound like some churches today? Even some men, throw that back up there for me really quick, Malachi. Even, I says, I know that false teachers like vicious wolves will come in among you after what? After who leaves? Jesus. Jesus says, after I leave. Not sparing the flock. Even some men from your own group will rise up and distort the truth in order to draw a following. Watch this. Sheep bond new people to the family and the vision of the house. Snakes will bite others to infect them with their own vision. Goats don't care about vision at all, just themselves. Wolves will destroy the vision if it doesn't benefit them. Okay. Pastor, can we just stick on the sheep part? Just stay on the sheep. Don't go to the snakes, goats, and wolves. Why? Because this exists. My job, my responsibility, my heart is that we become really good at being together. Because if there's strength in us being together, then the world out there will want to be part of what we are. But let me help you with something. The Bible says that we're living epistles being judged by men when? Daily. They're watching. Do you understand? Watch. watch. I, I could guarantee that I could ask every newcomer that's in this room right now because I've been a newcomer in a church before. There is skepticism in every church we walk into. Why? Because we've made it that way. We've created skeptical environments judgmental environments. We've created a house of God, which really is a house of men that hopefully they see God in. Watch with me. Just walk with me for a second. Because they're walking in going, how will this church be different than the one that destroyed me the last time? How will this house love me when the last church rejected me? How will this house demonstrate God when the last house I was in, I couldn't even find God? 
And you want me to go to church? No, Bubba, you can keep your God, you can keep your Jesus, you can keep your church, and I'll go on and do me. We haven't made God the popular thing anymore. And I'm going to help you with something for those of you that might not know or might know. Just because Kanye got saved doesn't make God the popular thing. God was popular before Kanye. We just got too quiet about it. I'm going to help you in a second. I just took a trip around Jericho real fast. I know the walls are going to come down. I'm going to take one more trip around because I feel this thing in my spirit right now. And I wasn't even going here and this wasn't in my notes, but I'm going to say it anyway. The only reason that God needed a Kanye is because the church got quiet. Because he's not popular in us. We got to wait for somebody who's popular in a celebrity to declare him. Oh, oh, I follow Kanye. How about you follow Jesus? Oh, I'm watching. Oh, pastor, you see Kanye got saved. Are you saved? Well, I'm waiting to see what Kanye does. And when Kanye does it, I'll do it. You ignorant. Just one look, everything. Okay, I had to get that word out of my spirit for a second. The truth is, is that, listen, I am so amazingly excited that Kanye has given his heart to God. And I am not judging his conversion. Hmm. Hmm. It's amazing somebody like Kanye gets saved in the church, wants to make post comments. of like, I'll believe it. I'll believe it when I see it. He's just a liar. He's a hypocrite. He's leading people astray. Man, my God. You know how many church pastors I could say the same thing about? How many pastors stand at pulpits declaring one thing and cheating on their spouses on the backside? Stealing money out the house? I'm going to come down here. I'm tired of being up there. It's getting a little weird. No wonder the church people don't want to go to church anymore. Who would want to? I'm saved. I'm a pastor, and I got problems going to church sometimes. Because you walk in, you go, ew, 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 I feel it. Ah, run. Or you walk in here, the sounds of snakes in the house. I don't even know what a goat makes. Ah, that's the sound of a goat right there. <laughs> you don't even know what it is. You're like, what are you? <laughs> or you hear the snarling of wolves knowing that if you take one foot in the step in the door, you're going to get eaten. But when you walk into the room and you hear that, bah, you know there's a shepherd in the house. Ah, and it's not me. It's him. I know that there are false teachers like vicious wolves will come in among you after I leave. I'm not sparing the flock. Even some men from your own group will rise up and distort the truth in order to draw a following. Can I just tell you this? We've talked about this over the years. Why are we not a bigger church? Can I just be honest with you? You ready? You ready? I know why. You ready? I don't preach the popular gospel. Oh, like I still talk about hell. Ooh, the lake of fire. But here's the truth. If I don't tell you that there's a hell, can you ever claim that there's a heaven? Can, can you claim heaven but not know there's a hell? I, I got to make sure that you understand where the enemy wants you to live. And where God so desires in all of his love, wisdom, and mercy, and grace, and, and just everything that he is, he desires you to dwell with him. But I got to help you see that there are two sides to this spectrum. So that you rebel against one but receive the other. And I have to do it at the 
ability in my own right to not worry, be worried about whether the church grows, but whether the lives are truly transformed and that they finish the race. Because let me help you with something. There is no amount of sermons I can preach, no amount of songs we can sing that will get you into heaven. I can't do it. It is your desire to live a godly life. That is it. My responsibility is to encourage you, strengthen you, and challenge you to go farther, deeper, and stronger than you ever have before so that you can experience the fullness of God in the land of the living and that you can cross the finish line and you can hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant, and when you get to heaven and I get to heaven, we're going to throw down and party. (laughs) But doggone it, I'm not throwing a party for one. And I will sit in heaven and grieve if I find that you didn't make it. And it won't be because any other reason than I feel like I didn't do my responsibility. I have to give you the gospel even when it's uncomfortable. I have to tell you things that challenge you, that change you, that shift you, that make you go harder at God rather than just harder at the world and then claim God in the process. Sheep bond new people to the family and the vision of this house. Don't judge the ones that walk in this door. Receive the ones that walk in this door. Dadgummit, listen to me. Can I just be honest with you? Sometimes when I want to say certain things, I want to say bad words. (laughs) I just do. Don't judge me. I just do. Why do you want? Because sometimes it's like, yeah, because this, this drives me in the church. How do we judge everybody that walks in the door? Shut up and sit down and be a sheep, you doggone wolves. I know you're not acting like a goat because you just seem to go, but the snakes and the wolves have got to stop. No one wants to walk in the house and be eaten. They want to be loved. They want to be home. They want to be family. Don't bond them to your vision or your church. Bond them to the family. Introduce them to new people. Let them find new friends. And if they decide not to be your friends, suck it up. Well, I brought them in the church, and now they don't even hang out with me anymore. And now they hang out with Johnny over there. Maybe you were just the middleman to get them to a greater relationship, you selfish individual. <laughs> they were my friend first. Oh, Jesus, that's what my five-year-old says. They were my friend first. Stop it. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let them go. Because here's the truth of it. Maybe God needed you to release them so they could bring someone new into your life because God's really called you with a ministry to bring people into the fold and get them hooked up with other believers so that they can have flourishing relationships. Maybe that's your responsibility. Maybe that's your ministry. Stop rejecting your ministry because it doesn't look the way you want it to look. Can I I, I just say this to you real quick? Can I just say this to you? Sheep. Sheep. And I'm going to say it's really strong. Sheep don't try to overshadow the vision of the house so that the sheep see them. Understand that this is not my vision. This is God's vision. God just uses me as a steward in between it. That's it. So don't, no, no, I don't like pastor's vision. Let, Let me just be honest with you. You don't like my vision. You probably shouldn't be in this church. Because that means you can't go where we're going. (laughs) You're going to get real frustrated real quick. You're either going to be a goat, a snake, or a wolf because you will never be a sheep. You will never be able to look at your hand and go, okay, got it, good, let's go on. The book of Haggai, chapter 1, I'm going to give you these. You can go back and read over these. The book of Haggai, chapter 1, 
verse 7 through 11, it says this. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways, go up to the mountains, and bring wood and build the temple. Hmm, Jesus. Build the temple. Build the temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. You looked for much, but indeed it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why? Says the Lord of hosts, because my house that is in ruins, while every one of you runs to his own house. Therefore, the heavens above you withhold the dew and the earth withholds its fruit. For I called for a drought on the land and the mountains on the grain and the new wine and the oil on whatever the ground brings forth on men and livestock and on all the labor of your hands. You ready? Sheep, build the house. Snakes, steal what's in the house for their own gain. Goats, eat everything in the house but never contribute. Wolves do not see it as our house but their house and have a tendency to lure people out of the house in order to maintain their dominance. Okay, now I'm going to say this to you. When we get to the wolves' perspective, I do not believe that anyone in this house has a wolf tendency. But I need you to understand that they exist. So that you know as a sheep when they walk in. Not so that you can go, wolf! Don't do that. (laughs) That's not going to get us anywhere. But so that you can go to them and as a sheep, help them shed the wolf's clothing and become part of the fold again. Got where I'm going here. Okay, good. So snakes build the house. Sna- I mean, sheep build the house. Snakes steal what's in the house for their own gain. Goats eat everything in the house but never contribute. Wolves do not see it as our house but their house and have a tendency to lure people out of the house in order to maintain dominance. Let's go to the sheep for a second. Sheep build the house. Now, I'm going to say this to you very strongly, and this is very hard for me to do, but i got to say it because I love you. There have been times in the past where Tiff and I felt like maybe we were on the mode to start a building fund. I can't build the house. If you read scripture, it's not my responsibility to build the house by myself. It is the church's responsibility to build God's house. Okay. Why do we build a physical house? So that others might come. Amen. Right? Not so we can have a coffee bar and a snack bar and the this and the that and the we got to be the hip, cool, you know, millennial church and we got to have coffee because everybody drinks coffee. There's a Starbucks down the road, stop there on your way to church and we'll have church. Amen. <laughs> and it just saves me having to hire more people, buy more equipment and spend your tithe money on coffee machines. Can I get an amen from somebody? Okay. Okay. So if we ever get to that place, great, but we're not there right now because we don't even own this building. We're still renting it. Amen. Okay. But I, we've in the past, we've taken, up, we've taken up building offerings. It gets quiet. You saw how quiet it went? <laughs> Silence. You go into the back and you count the offering, and there's enough to buy a bag of screws. And then you wonder, how are we going to build the house? Well, I, I did my part. What is your part? The Bible says, bring the tithe into the storehouse. Okay, let me, let, let me go back and read this. You don't have to put that up. I'll just read it out loud. It says, thus says the Lord, consider your ways, go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified. He was, I hate to break this to you, but he was talking about a physical church. It was a physical building. Okay. You looked for much, but indeed it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why? Says the Lord of hosts, because my house that is in ruins while every one of you runs to his own house. Sheep support and build the house. Tiff and I live this above and beyond. 
Why? Well, you're supposed to be pastor. You're the pastor. Okay, so it's right for me, but it's not right for us. I, I'm not saying that's you. I'm saying this is a blanket statement in the church in general. Can you honestly look God in the face and tell him, I chose not to bring the tithe? Because I can't. I can't. Because that's like telling God, I don't care what you say. I'm going to live me, but I'm going to ask you to give me everything I want. He said, bring the tithe into the storehouse. Church, if we can't support this house, then how will the world know that you're a part of this house? The sheep build the house. The snakes steal what's in the house for their own gain. Can I help you with something? Church folks steal from a church. I can't tell you over 15, 13 years how many things I've seen leave this church. Wind up in people's homes. How'd you get that? Oh, oh, I, for, oh, I forgot. I for, forgot my bad. My, 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 my bad. My bad. Or you get that. Well, I'm a tither. I got to breathe. I got to breathe. Okay. Goats have a tendency to eat everything in the house but contribute nothing. They take everything but don't put in anything. Oh, okay, okay. Here it comes, here it comes. I gotta be so careful on this one. So careful. Pastor, can I have your time? Pastor, can we counsel? Pastor, can we meet? Pastor, can I do this? Pastor, can I do this? Pastor, can I lead a ministry? Pastor, can I do this? Pastor, can I do that? Pastor, can I, Pastor, can I, can I, can I, can I do this? And all they want is stuff, but they don't want to contribute. To the house. They want to partake of everything. They don't want to put anything back in. That's called stealing. Whether you like it or not, that's called thievery. A goat will eat everything that's not his. And once he's swallowed and digested it, try to convince everybody that it was his. Instead of, we all feed together. We contribute together. We strengthen each other, and there might be seasons that you go through that you can't do what you want to do, but we will gain with each other, and we will gird with each other. I got you. I got you. I got, look, I, I, you're, I'm going to cover you in this season. You're going to cover me in my season, and, and we're going to walk this thing out together because we're a family. We're one. We're not separated. We're not sitting in the corner going, look at that one. They didn't do it right, but I did it right. Look how, how great am I, God? Everybody sing with me. No. It's that we're one. We're one family. We're one house. We're one church that de declares the kingdom of God and supports each other through every season of life. But then you got that wolf that doesn't see it as our house, but their house. Come to my church. Can I just say this to you? This is not your church. This is his church. Could you imagine if you next time you invited somebody, say, hey, man, will you come to church with me this morning? Because I want you to see what it really is to walk in the house of God. Don't take personal ownership of things that don't belong to you. For the house, the pastor, the shepherd of the house, we belong to the flock. We belong to the people. Hey, it's like that old political. We're for the people, right? It's a political state. We're, we're, we're about the people. But that's what the church is supposed to be. Unfortunately, people walk into our churches and don't feel like that the church is for the people. They feel like it's for the select click few that have responsibilities within the church. Just got quiet. Why? Because I'm right? Because I just said the truth? How dare you say the truth? Why am I not supposed to? We, we got to stop all this stuff. We, we got to understand this is not my house. This is 
our house. This is God's house, and in this house he dwells. And we come that God might do his greatest work in us and in the ones that come into this place. And then those wolves also have a tendency to lure people out. You know, I, just, I don't know if I'm going to go to this church anymore. I wish half the people that have ever said that would have come and told me, and I didn't have to go to them. Because I don't know if you realize this, but as a shepherd, I know what you're thinking. Because your, your face is not that cool. Because you sit in church like. Mm-hmm. Wait, can I tell you something? This is really funny. This is really funny. And, and for those of you that are, okay, so I got I to gotta precursor this before I get into this because I don't want anybody to get offended when I say this. But, but there's this, we call this the front, middle, back rule of the church. Now, for those of you sitting in the back right now, I understand it's because it's where you're sitting in church because I know everybody in this house is a part of this house. Amen. I'm glad you're here. Praise God. But I always know when people are leaving the church. You don't know how? They start in the front. They move to the middle. They slide to the back. And then within three weeks, they're out the door. And I get the email, Pastor, I've decided to go look at another church. Coward. Go. Ah! Wolf. See, in the moment that I get that email, I'm tending to the flock because I know what's about to happen. Someone is going to talk to me about so-and-so who left the church and knows all about why so-and-so left the church. Can I just say this to you? I'm a, okay, okay. Say it to you this way. Okay. Everybody good? Okay. If you're going to leave the church, have... The fortitude. Come to me. Say, Pastor, here's why I'm leaving, and here's the reason why. And if you are truly a sheep, you will allow me to apologize or correct if there is truly a wrong. But if you walk out of the house in offense, you will carry that offense to the next house, to the next house, to the next house, and you will never be a tree planted. You will always be a bush that gets uprooted by somebody's emotions. And you wonder why you don't grow. For those of you sitting in the back, I love you. <laughs> I know you. We're good. Okay? But the truth be told, this is how I've seen it over years. We joke about it, do we not? We laugh about it. We can always tell when someone's leaving. Where are they sitting? Back row. They'll be gone in three weeks. Appreciate it. That's awesome. Because it's just the way things go. But, but listen, listen. If you come to this house, you say, Pastor, it's so good to be in. Hey, how many of y'all happy to be in the house? Say, yeah. Yeah. My God, please don't lie. You're not lying to me. You're lying to you. You're lying to God. You're lying to the sheep sitting next to you. Don't be a wolf that's trying to hide out. Be a sheep. Last one. You ready? Last one. Feelness. Feelness. I got a bunch more, but y'all have to come get them next week. Is this helping? This is more because I want us to do great things together. I've got ideas for days for the church. For us to flip this city upside down, right? 
Okay, can I, I got time, I got to forget, I got to say this real quick. Okay, so I sat down with my pastor three weeks ago. We were talking about some stuff. And, and, and I told him, I said, Pastor, I, I sometimes wonder if Slidell is a big church city. Because there's not any bigger churches in our city, they're just churches. And so sometimes I wonder, is, is our community just more of like an average church size? Any three, four hundred church members, but that would be about the max of it. I'm like, is that, is that what we are? And he looked at me, and this is, this is my pastor for you. He goes, is that a reason or an excuse? And he said this to me. That this, is, this, is, this is my pops right here. He comes, swinging for the fences. He goes, because if I came to Slidell, you saw what I did in Modesto. Why can't I do that here? He said, Brian, the number is based on your own limitations, not God's. So he said that to me, and I looked at him, I said, bet, challenge accepted. But God said to me, he said, Brian, if you're going to go forward, you've got to bring the house together. Not clicks, not Facebook friends, not Facebook stalkers, but together. That if we're together, we're strong. So watch this. Matthew chapter 18, verse 20 says this. Matthew chapter 18, verse 20 says, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. I am there in the midst of them. <sighs> Sheep. Enjoy being with the family. And love what happens when we come together. Even at our worst moments, when we come to the house of God or we do a picnic together, man, I can't wait to just sit down with you and share with you what God's doing or, or just talk with you and laugh and cut up. And, and it's like, and I, I don't mind telling you this, and I don't do a lot of this, but the other night, Paul and Jennifer Lasarge invited me and my family to the house. And to their house to eat dinner and they made food for us and she made this crazy sugar-free cheesecake that was off the charts and, and we had Turkish coffee. I mean, I was in heaven. And we ended up on the back porch and they, they have this beautiful view of the lake and, and I told him, I said, you know, it's always hard for me to do this because I feel like I have to be in the role of pastor. And you didn't ask me to be pastor, you just asked me to hang out. We talked about golf and how bad we both are and how much we want to be great, but we're just not there yet. And my kids played around and annoyed the fire out of me and kept opening and closing the glass door because we don't have any of those in our house. So it's like a new toy. Let close, open, close, open. I'm going, stop. And, and, and we're, we're just, we're there. And I forget sometimes that it's just good, even though I'm a pastor and a shepherd, to be a sheep. Oh, that I enjoy being with family. I don't like being alone. Like if you really have taken on the spirit of a sheep, you don't enjoy being alone. You enjoy being together. But if you're a snake, goat, and wolf, you will hide out by yourself. But sheep have a desire to be with the family. They love what happens when we come together. Snakes will bite if you get too close. Always in protection mode. 
Always afraid something's coming to, always, always thinking that something is coming to get them. Someone's coming to deceive them, so I better be head up in the wind, ready, tasting out, feeling out, because I know it's coming. I'm not going to go because they, they have motives. They have motives. They wouldn't invite me if they didn't have motives. Goats don't care about family. They're only one family around. They're just by themselves. Wolves only like family of their own kind and will attack anyone not like them. There's a power in we. I've asked myself, Kirk and I had a long conversation today. How, okay, how do we get the church? We're seeing God do certain things. How do we get the church to build the church, to invite people to church, to make this the, not only just their home, but their neighbor's home and their co-worker's home and their friend's home and their whatever. And just everybody. Man, we're going to go out. We're going to be excited about this thing because God is doing something amazing. How are we going to do it? And I figured it out. Because when he asked me that the other day, I said, Kirk, I, I'm, I'm still trying to figure this one out. I thought, I thought I've tried everything. I don't know what it is. And God gave it to me on Friday night. He said, it's in the we, not the me. When we show them who we are, then the me's will become a part of the we's. And we will do greater things together than they can do by themselves. But they have to see the power of we in this house. You might be seeing somebody in this room and go, I don't know them, but would you protect them? I would. Pastor, I want to talk to you about so-and-so. Time out. Nope, can't do it. Let's get them over here because we got a we here. We don't hurt each other. We, we love each other and we work out things together. Do you allow division? Do you allow gossip in this house? If you do, stop it because that makes you a gossiper. Do you allow people to talk? I don't let people talk about you. Don't let people talk about each other. Stop it. Shut your mouth. Stop talking about them. Yeah, but I just want to tell you. No, I don't want, I don't want to know. That's none of my business. If you got to ask about other people's lives, then your life is distracted from the things of God. Because if you were caught up with God, you wouldn't be worried about everybody else. You'd be maintaining and walking with the things of God for your life. But this is about the we. When we walk into this house, how does everyone feel when they walk in this home? This is my house, or I still have to make a decision because I haven't felt it yet. One of the greatest things I can say about this church, one of the greatest things, probably the greatest thing I can say about this church is not the preaching is good and the worship's good. But then when I walked into this church, I felt loved immediately. I have more people that come up to me after church and say, Pastor, I felt so loved when I walked in this door. They didn't comment about my preaching. They didn't comment about the worship team. They just said, I felt received and loved. We won. We. We won. We won. We just got a victory. How did we get a victory? Because that's what it's about. That those who walk in this house, whether saved or unsaved, shall feel the love of God through us. For we are the vessels of God. We carry His glory and His presence. Church, in order for us to be the church that God's calling us to be, we must develop sheep attitudes, tendencies, motions, and movements. We need to get really good at the bad, not the snarling, 
not the hissing, and not the ah. Don't, don't turn your back on anybody. Love everybody. And watch what God uses you to do. And it'll be the greatest ride. So here's what I'm asking as we leave today, as we go to the picnic. And I pray all of you are going to the picnic. I know some of you can't because of other things you got going on. But I'm hoping all of you are coming. Because we're going to have some fun. But my prayer is that you don't become a concreted fixture in the church. What I mean by that is that you are only positioned rather than planted. My prayer is, is that if somebody takes your chair, you stand in the back and rejoice and shout. (laughs) Yes, praise God, they took my chair. I know I don't like to sit in the back, but I don't even care. I mean, you know what I love to do? I love to move people from the back to the front. Oh, it's so much fun to do it to them. Man, it'll be good for you. It'll be good. But, but, but here's my question. Will you do me a favor this week? Do you believe we have the answer? Do you believe this is the greatest church? That was a half of y'all, so I'll try that again. I know I'm working with you. I know you're getting hungry. Do you believe it's the greatest church? Yeah. Good. If you believe it's that great, then fill your seat next Sunday. Ho, 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 ho. No, that's my seat. Ah, not a sheep. I got more chairs in the back. I'll fill it till the fire marshal says we're at capacity. I don't care. I'll make them close me down. That's a, that's a, that's a praise report right there. What would you do? We had so many people. We had that fire marshal shut us down. That's a praise report. That's not a pain. That's a, that's a promise. Okay. I'm going to ask you with intention this week. Now, that doesn't mean if you come back next week and you don't have one person, I'm going to check you at the door and you can't get in. That's not what I'm saying. I mean, I could, but I won't do it. But shouldn't that be our desire as a we? To increase the we? To stop looking at empty chairs, but to fill those spaces and stop going, well, Pastor, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. You obviously, I'm going to say this to you. Here it comes. Here comes a tight statement. If it's okay for you to keep saying you're trying, then you're not convinced you have the answer yet. Because those who are convinced they have the answer will not accept a no because they understand what will happen when they come into this house under this family and receive what God has for them. Last story. Blessed my heart. He doesn't even know it. But I was, and, and I'm going to say this as an apology. Cannot remember your name off the top of my head. But I went to go get my car washed the other day. This gentleman runs up to me, Pastor Brian, Pastor Brian. Now, I didn't even see him. Like, I'm, okay, I'm, I'm focus-minded. I'm getting my car washed. Going inside to pay for it. And I got to go think. He goes, Pastor Brian, Pastor Brian. He runs up to me. He says, Pastor, I just want you to know. I love your message. It's changing my life. He's in the house. But the message wasn't just given to touch him, but so that he might touch others. Because that's how we become a greater we. It is not me. It is we. It is the house of God. Everybody stand to your feet.